Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. Mindset Call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Central, 4 a.m. Pacific. And, uh, you know, we do. We did at one point have some 4 a.m. Pacific on. We had some people out in Seattle. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it might, might be out the wild, like, man, I can't get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> I just listened to the replay. But uh, on this particular call, we talk about mindset, we talk about leadership, we talk about life, we talk about books, we talk about affirmations, we talk about things, man, that goes on on your day-to-day basis, whether it's your job, your business, your relationships, man, we talk about it, man, because we believe that mindset is the key, man. Mindset drives the bus. It's your thoughts. And truly, it's your mental toughness. That's what we really talk about. I think, you know, mental toughness is a bully point under mindset, and mindset is a bullet point under personal development. But we talk about all those things here, man. And, uh, you know, one thing I like to say all the time, that this is not a team call, not a corporate call, not a company call. Uh, it's a mindset call. And the benefit of that is we have nobody supervising us. We don't have anybody over us saying, you know, you can't say that, you can't say this, you can't. So we're going to tell you the truth as we know it, you know, Um and sometimes the truth hurts. Well, a lot of times the truth hurts. You know, a lot of those calls, I love the corporate calls and team calls and company calls, but they're kind of, they're kind of little. You know, they're not gonna. Yeah, and like I said, they step on your toes with, with little, you know, bedroom slippers on. You know, like not little, little pink ones and the little blue ones that you wear in the bedroom that the ladies wear. That's how they step on your toes. You know, they kind of. Well, you can't really. You know. But we come down on your toes with work boots. We come down with Timberlands. We're telling you the truth, the whole truth. Because, look, you got to hear at some point. We're telling you the truth as we know it. you got to hear it at some point. You got, you're going to hear it. If you're out doing business, you're going to hear the truth. And the truth hurts. The truth crushed the earth will always rise again. So, we, you know, if you hide it, it's going to pop back up. You can put it in the closet. You can step on it. You can, you know, tie it up and ship it off to the moon. It's going to come right back. <laughs> Because the truth is the truth. So, all right, folks, we got a replay number, uh, and we also have turned this call into a podcast. You say, how you do that? Well, you just put it on a podcast platform, and you get it out there. Now, we're going to probably do some interviews and stuff like that. We know we did some earlier, but I'm probably be doing that. But we got enough content, man, enough knowledge here over the years to just, you know, keep talking every day that people really need to hear this now. The only difference in ours is probably – the quality of the of the podcast because we're using a you know conference call line, and so it's not that that podcast you know super quality there. But I tell you what, we got some content here, man. If anybody listen in, they gonna understand that we know what we're talking about here. So make sure you share this uh, from when we, when I post it on my page, or you can go to to these podcast platforms like uh, Spotify and. And uh, I can't name all of them, but if you go out there and put Tony Fleming in mindset, it'll come up and all the list of the calls that we've done. And share that, man. If you like this stuff, if you think this stuff is helping you, share it with other people. Just tell them. To, see, this is not a recruiting tool. This is just something you share with people. Tell them to check it out. Send it to them. Let them check it out and see what happens. You know, um, because you never know. I mean, this might be the information that they might need. They. They might not even know that you're getting this stuff every day. It's if you share it with them, then they can listen to it at any time. They don't know, you know, what you're listening to every day. They don't know. So 
You might say, hey, check this out. Tell me what you think about it. So do that for us, all right? If you want us to replay, though, it's 712-432-1085 and that same PIN code, which is 783357-POUND, all right? But I placed this on my Facebook page, Tony um, Fleming. I placed it also in the uh, plugged-in section of our private page, plugged-in. And, again, you know, you all invite some people to that plugged-in section, um, you know, who's not even in your business because, you know, that's, a mindset page. Um, yeah, so you should do that also. And I also put it on Twitter, and I post um, the flyer on um, Instagram. They won't let me slide the, the podcast in there, but we're working on that. We're going to get that in there also. And we're working on also getting better quality and all that kind of stuff, too, where, you know, you have a little podcast sound. But right now, we just jumped out there and said, let's get it. Let's get it out here. Get it cracking. Because we got enough stuff that if people truly listen to this and y'all tell them to check it out, they're going to get some stuff from it if if they truly listen to it. All right? So let's jump right into it. Today we are on this mental toughness thing that we've been on. Now, the whole call is really mental toughness for the last 15, 20 years, but we've been talking about it specifically through the the blogs that I've been going through, through the books that I've been picking up, through things of that sort, and finding topics topics that we could talk about concerning mental toughness. Because mental toughness, man, is the key. Because, you know, it's tough. We're in a tough world. So we got our mentality has to be tough. A lot of times when you hear mental toughness, some people think of, you know, like the mental ward or something, or, you, you know, <laughs> like you're in the hospital and, you know, some kind of – no, no. No, we're talking about being tough. In, in situations in life, whether it's relationship, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, your job where you can deal with situations that go on on a daily basis. Because we're throwing, stuff is thrown. as long as you're living. If you're living every day, you're going to have stuff thrown at you. It's what Les Brown says, either a problem you're dealing with is one you just left and is one coming around the corner, something like that, he says. But it's always issues that you're going to, you ever, you ever felt good about something when you accomplished something? And then you sit still for about five or ten minutes, and then all of a sudden your mind says, but what about this? <laughs> what about your taxes? Uh, what about this bill you owe? What about uh, the money you borrowed? What about this person you were supposed to, you know, it's like you get that little reprieve for a minute, and you're like, oh, I accomplished something. But then your mind is like, yeah, but what about this? And see, that's the mental toughness thing I'm talking about that you have to deal with. You know, that, well, what about your husband? What about your wife? What about your car? Now, you know your car got that little creaking noise in there. We got to make sure we get that fixed. When you go, you know, it's almost like, can I enjoy my accomplishment that I just had? Can I do that without this other thoughts coming up? Nope. They're going to come. It's just that you have to be tough and willing to uh, understand the the. the the, the mentality that you have to have to deal with that. All right, so let's jump right into um, the topic this morning uh, from a uh, from a blog that I was reading, and it, and it says something like, "The world class chooses repentance over blame." All right, so it says here a devastating trait of the middle class is their tendency to blame other people. Circumstances and events for their shortcomings, and you know, and I see that all the time in our business. And and and, and look, I, I'm guilty of it. Not as much as I used to be. You know, when I was, 
you know, five years in or three years in, I used to blame it on everybody. You know, the sunshine, the moon, blame it on the boogie. I blame it on the company. I blame it on the products. I blame it on everything. Um, but as I start reading more books, start hanging around more leaders, start, and I realize we can easily do that for every situation. It's always a blame game that you can put out here. But you can't, you can't expect to win doing that because, uh, yeah, you, you got situations. It's like, you know, I always used to say, uh, you know, the whole world is crazy. Everybody is crazy, right? And let's just go with that. Let's go with that theory that everybody is crazy. All right, so now I can blame everybody for being crazy or I can start working on myself and so I can deal with the craziness that's supposedly out there because I'm not one of the crazy ones, right? So it's easier to to for me to work on myself to address the craziness than to go to the whole world and say, look, you got to work on yourself. <laughs> I think it would be easier for me to deal with myself. And so when when the craziness shows up, because really the whole world crazy, right? I'm not, you know, let's go with that. I got to be able to deal with that. I can't blame the world for being crazy. I got to blame myself for not being prepared for the craziness that's going to come. Because it's going to come, you know what I'm saying? If you know, you're going to have people, you, you just it's just life. And so I, as long as I prepare myself every day, and, and some days I win, some days I lose. But lately, well, not lately, I would say over the years as I matured more, I, my my victories were more. Because mentally I understand, especially in business, that it's going to be all kind of stuff going to happen. Like they said, they're going to throw rent. It's going to be a wrench thrown in the game all the time. It's going to be all kind of mud thrown in the water all the time. But you got to you got to act like the guy who owned the restaurant. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? Your lady said, "Well, what do you do when the kids don't show up? What, what, what are you talking about? Well, what do you do when the?" When the soda machine is out and they don't have to go, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, what do you do? You, you got to be like that. Well, this guy, like, you know, what are you talking about, lady? That's a part of the game. That's a part of who we are. That's a part of, you know, that's that's a part of it. You know what I'm saying? We, if I'm going to be in business, I will be prepared for all that mess. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're going to succeed, you got to go through a lot of mess. You know what I'm saying? When you you when you're doing something that's outside of the box, outside of the status quo, you know, status quo, um, you know, go to school, get a good education, go get a good job, work hard forty years, go get your master's degree, go get your PhD, um, work part time at UPS, work part time at FedEx, uh that's pretty much status quo right there. When you outside of that Oh, it's going to be a lot of mess coming. You're going to have some mess within that. But outside of that, it's going to be mess because now you're dealing with, you're trying to bring the people with status quo into your circle. And that's that's difficult because we've been trained to operate and live a particular way. And now you're saying, let's live this particular way. Hey, let's make money this particular way. So the way we make money, in my opinion, is better. Because, you know, you you can incorporate the efforts of other people. That's how you change your life financially. It's only 24 hours in a day and seven days a week. So you can only work so much. you got to leverage other individuals. So the way we make money is better, in my opinion, but that's not how we've been trained. And so now we're talking to a trained mind of eight to five, salary, 
hourly wage, and now you're saying, hey, you, I, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's, you know, some of y'all might believe this, some of y'all might not, but I've literally had conversations with people, and this one guy who said, and I was talking to him about the business, he said, well, you know, how much you make? I said, well, the business. You know, you go out, you incorporate after the other people. You you can make as many, you know, million dollars you want. Well, no, 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 no. How much they pay you? No, sir. It's a business. You know, you 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 bring people in. You, you know, depends on what effort you put into it. No, no, no. I mean, how much you make an hour? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, man. Let me holler back at you. Okay, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we not. Even, I mean, he was serious. I mean, he was serious. I mean, it was like you could tell you couldn't. You, I wouldn't crack in the cold there because you know that's condition. That's a conditioned mind that believes that this is how you should earn income. And again, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with people earning income that way because if that's the game we're in, that's the world we're in. That's how you should do it. But I, the only challenge is, and I talk about mental toughness again, is that when you come into this world to operate and you're trying to bring those people from that world over here, you got to be tough. Hold on, let me sip on my, sip on my coffee here. You have to be tough to understand that because it's a mentality that you got to break through. And it's a numbers game. If we get that part of it, which is kind of hard to get to, because our numbers game to most people is 10 people. 20 people, 30 people. You can see people that came into our business with the mindset of, man, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And you tell them it's a numbers game, they don't get that numbers game. And then, you know, 30 people later, they out. You'll see them later on, and they looking like, man, that thing is hard. That's the, yes, it is. It's, it's, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday for Tammy. I was, I said, look. You know, one of the things I hate about what we do is everybody hypes it up. And that's a, you know, and it's not, you know, no, the truth is it's a work. Now, is it worth it? Yeah. The truth is it's simple. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's simple. It's ABC, 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 doing the ABCs all the time. That's the simple part of it. Now, you know, like I posted yesterday um, on my Facebook page, you know, that, you know, you look at the process that people, you know, you look at say, you know, people think, okay, she started at the top. No, she she was kicked out of Star Search. <laughs> we mean kicked out. Well, she lost. She didn't win. You know, Beyonce, the Beehive crew, they did not win. And then she had to open up for Chico the Bars. Now, come on. Now, I'm not knocking because Chico the Bars was hot at one point. So, you know, he was cool at one point. But think about it. She opened up for him. You know, if you ever been, if you remember going to concerts, you know, you get there. I remember we went to, um, I took a crew of us a while back to see Mary J. Blige at uh, Chastain Park. It was about 20 of us, I guess. And the opening act, what's that guy's name, man? At that point, a lot of people didn't really know this dude. A lot of people didn't know this dude. I can't think of his name right now. Some of y'all could text me who went to that event uh, with us. Uh, and But he started rocking toward the end, you know what I'm saying? As the crowd started coming in, people started, okay, he got this one-hit song. He got this, you know. 
So he had to pick the crowd up before Mary J came on and do, you know, Beyonce was that person before Chico departed. So she was on stage when it was, you know, 100 people out there. Then 200 came in, 300. And people came in and was like, who is this? Some people even booed her. So she had to go through this process of the ABC, ABC over and over and over. Doing, and the definition of that is the grind. And the grind definition is to perform repetitive actions over and over in order to attain a goal. That's the grind. Over and over and over to obtain a goal. That's the grind. So she did that over and over. I don't know how many shows that was like that. You know, it's probably some that was worse than that. I mean, I would say that's not bad to be on stage, you know, before Chico the Barge, but I'm sure she did some, you know, auditoriums and some. I remember reading about uh, Usher and how Usher family had rented a a van. Um, come on, somebody text me that guy that was in concert before Mary J. Um, Usher family had rented this van, and they was going all through the South, because I think he was from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and they was going all through the South to all these little hick joints and letting Usher sing and, and you know, the embarrassment that they was getting. People would, you know, <laughs> you sitting up in juke, juke joints when nobody's even even listening to you, but you're going through that process, that grind. You know, that grind, that's that mental toughness I'm talking about that we got to have. And and I know people say, well, Tony, this is, you know, too much for people. Well, here's the truth. The people that we say is too much for still got to face that. I mean, when, when are they going to face it? They're going to face the reality of it. You might can get them involved for a couple of months and make 2 or $3 from them without telling them the truth. But here's the thing. Truth is going to show up. And then you're going to notice that they ain't around. You're going to notice that it was a person I was working with a couple of months ago. <laughs> I mean, she gave me a game plan. She told me what she's about to do, all this old stuff. She was fired up. When I done got a person, now this is typical. This is just 25 years of this stuff. This is typical. And, uh, and then... You know, she got that punch from Mike Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson said, everything is great, the plan is great until you get hit. And she got hit. And, boy, you know, it's you know, it's catch me if you can. I'm the gingerbread man now. So <laughs> she don't want no more. She don't want no more of that smoke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, But what I'm saying is if we get mentally tough and understand that this is going to happen, you know, you, you need to say to yourself, look, I can't help if they don't see what I see. But next, I'll find somebody else who does. Because I, I grew up in that environment. I grew up in that programming environment, and I came out of it. So there's got to be some more people out there. I mean, that's what you got to be saying to yourself. you you got to, you know, you got to understand. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's what I keep talking about. We could talk about everything else. We can talk about the comp plan. We can talk about back all. We can talk about all that. But when your when your A R S E when your arse get hit, I hear when somebody talk about you and doc, all of that ain't gonna matter. What's gonna matter is if you mentally tough. All that gonna go out the window. 
Well, I know how my back office works. I, I, see, if I put somebody over here, I put them. That's going to go out the window. All the other stuff that you're talking about going to go right out the window when somebody punch you in the face. Well, what time was the punch in the face? Uh, I can't believe you're doing that mess. Uh, I won't return your phone call. Uh, I'm not doing that. Uh, that's illegal. Uh, I don't believe that's going to work. Uh, and now you say, well, that ain't a hard punch. Or you, you get it two or three times and see what happens. You start looking at yourself then. And so mentally you have to have in your mind that, man, there's numbers. Okay, Leroy don't want to do it. All right, Frank don't want to do it. Susie don't want to do it. Okay, Billy don't want to do it. It's somebody out here. But see, the only way you can keep going through those numbers is to get mentally tough. And all you'll get mentally tough is to hang in the environment of tough people. That's one thing. And to get books and read books about tough people. That's another thing. Because you're not going to get it from television. You might. Because, see, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I pick up from maybe a movie or something that I watch. That, But everybody don't watch movies the way I watch them. Everybody don't want, now, I'm a, I'm a documentary junkie. If it's a documentary, I'm more into that because it's more of real life than a, just a movie. You know, movies, I just hate how they add, you know, like, they just add stuff in to make it, you know, like the uh, Madam C.J. Walker. I mean, it was a great movie, but I just hate how they add little stuff in there that they, you know, you know that stuff ain't really, you know. So I would rather watch Madam C.J. Walker's documentary or Malcolm X documentary. Now, I don't know. That was a good movie with Denzel. So, <laughs> But I'm just saying, I'd rather watch documentaries than just watch movies. But everything I learn from, I'm looking for the mental toughness in all of them. I'm looking for the the uh, the message in a lot of them that I can get from it. Like I was talking to a guy the other day, and we were talking about, uh, we were talking about, you know, people lying to leaders. This is a conversation I was having. There's another guy on the phone with me. He's not a you know part of business, but he's a leader. And he was telling me the story about you know this guy uh, and is talking to this leader and you know in another company, and he's telling them all these lies. And I told him, I said, man, look, I said this guy that he's talking to, I know him, and he's a leader. He's been around years. And I guess what I said, he see through that. He said, well, no, it don't look like he sees through it. I said, I'm telling you, he sees through it because he lived his life that way. And it made me think about um, the movie um, Brooklyn's Finest. You know, a lot of people miss that movie. That was a great movie, but it was I think it came out in 2010, something like that. It had, it had um, Wesley Snipes in it, and um, I can't think of the other brother. Dark-skinned brother, he's a great actor. Um was called Brooklyn's Finest. Um, and so Snipes was a, you know, dope boy. And this other guy was an undercover dope boy. So Snipes didn't know that he was, you know, he was undercover or anything. But there was a scene on the roof uh, where, uh, a roof of a building where um, my man uh, that played in the wire, um, Omar, was on the roof. And he had this other guy, and these two other guys had this one guy, and they were beating him up. They were beating him up bad because Omar was saying to Wesley that this guy's a snitch, man. And he's the one who set us up because they, they got set up a day or two before, and the cops showed up. And, and he kept beating the guy in the face and beating him and beating him and beating him. And um, 
so Wesley Snipes was standing there looking at, you know, which is, you know, they was like, should we throw him off the roof? And they was trying to throw him off the roof. And finally, out of the blue, Snipes just walked up to the guy, took $400 out of his pocket, gave it to the guy who got beat up because his mouth was bleeding. He said, man, go fix your mouth, go fix your teeth, let him go. Now, all the, all the, all the guys was looking at him like, man, how you let this guy out the hook like this? Five minutes later, he was having a conversation with, with uh, the undercover cop, and he told him, he said, man, look, and he didn't know he was talking to a cop, but he said, look, he said, it's a snitch in our group, but it ain't him. He said, it's a snitch, but it ain't him. And the reason he said that he'd been doing it so long that, you know, he'd been in this dope game so long that he knew that wasn't a snitch. And it came out later on that it was it was Omar, the one who was beating the dude up. He's like, that ain't him. But that comes from experience, folks. That comes from somebody been in that game for so long to pick that kind of stuff up, to know what they're seeing, and, you know, to kind of pick it up just from the vibes that they have, from just a gut feeling that you have for doing stuff for so long. It's just a gut feeling that you have. And that kind of experience, you can't, you can't, and you get that from being around people doing this for a while. You get that, you know, it's like when I talk to people, I'm like, man, you know, I hear what folks say, but my gut tells me what's really going on. Now, it ain't my job, you know, well, I'll put it this way, like I said the other day, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, I'm not going to sit there and tell you in your face that you lying to me and that's it. I'm not going to do that because we're going to lose a relationship. You're going to be mad at me. But in calls like this, I'm going to say some things. And if it rattles you and you kind of feel it, that means I'm talking to you. Now, I ain't calling any names out because, matter of fact, when I do these calls, I'm not even thinking about a lot of you all. That's why I hate when somebody comes to me and say, with Tony, I was talking to such and such on the team, and they feel like this, and I'm like, dang. Now I'm about to talk about that today before you even told me that. So now they're going to think I'm talking about them. You shouldn't even told me that. You know, I, I was somebody was notorious that for that for a while. They don't do it as much now, but they was I'm like, don't do that because my whole conversations most of the time in training is going to affect somebody, but I'm not going at them like that. I want them to grab it on their own and understand that's what I'm saying, but I don't – But that's how most people – people used to call me. You talk about me. Well, <laughs> I wasn't thinking of you at the time. I don't know what you're doing, but if the shoe fits and a hit dog a bark, then I might be talking about you. Because – I can't, I'm not following you around now. I don't know what you, I think you tell it on yourself. That's why I say if you're quiet and don't say anything, we won't know. You know, we won't know at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> back to the back to the topic here, the tendency to blame other people, circumstances and events for their shortcomings. Now, while average performers avoid responsibility for their failures, the world class tends to repent. The heart of a champion's consciousness is the belief that all of us are responsible for our own successes. That takes a while for people to get, man, I tell you. It took me, I don't know how long, to sit back and say, okay, this is the issue, that's the issue, company not doing this, folks not doing that, but still, how are we going to win? Okay. 
How are we going to win? We still got to figure that out because if we got to base our whole success on the company doing this or a leader doing this or somebody in the upline doing this, how are we going to win? Because guess what? They might not change. So remember I said, if everybody crazy, the best way to deal with that is to deal with ourselves so that we can deal with craziness. All of us are responsible for our own successes, our own failures, and our own errors, errors in judgment. With this level of, convic- level of conviction, the great ones usually choose to repent as exposed, opposed to making excuses or blaming others. They are the first to apologize and to last, and to last, the last to lash out. Many times they take responsibility for breakdowns or failures and directly related to their own actions. This behavior stems from the belief that their elevated level of awareness makes them responsible for watching out for others who are less aware. Wow. The ones who are less aware to understand what's going on, the leader is responsible for watching out for that. The leader is responsible for seeing what's going on. I just talked about this the other day. It's things that a leader can see and do that to the average eye, to the average eye, um, you don't see. Like the call I had yesterday with Tammy, the young lady on there was saying that, you know, yeah, I listen to all these uh, network marketing companies, and they all sound good. They all sound this. And I said, I said well, ma'am, let me say this. They all sound good to the average ear, to the person that never done this, or to somebody who's not familiar with it. It doesn't sound good to a trained ear or somebody who's been doing this for 20 years. And, you know, you can pick up a lot of stuff. I said, it's just like in, in somebody's business, whatever you've been doing for 20 years, when somebody says something, your ear is different from the new person's ear. So, no, it, does, it sounds good to the average person, to the average ear, to the average eyes. It looks good. But, you know, when I see things like on Instagram and, I see things that when y'all watch that stuff, it's a different look and a different here than what I see here. Because I've seen all that before, just not on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? It's all the the hype and all the other stuff has always been out here. It's just the way it's coming out. Now, Instagram makes it more colorful. It's more instant, you know what I'm saying, all that. But it's still the same, you know. It's really, like they say, nothing new in the world. It's just how you recycle it. You know, the stuff has been out here like that, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it depends on the trained eye and the trained ear that's been seen. So, so it's the same thing I talked about. It's, it's like, let me put it this way. I hate talking about this. But, like, when I see something with a company and I say, okay, I, I look. I said, this ain't going to work for the average person. All right. Now, if I can't, if the average person ain't gonna be able to do it, then I ain't gonna be able to sustain myself. And you know, this thing ain't gonna. So I have to make tough decisions when I look around and say that. You know, what I'm saying I look, ah, dog. All right. So now I got to make a decision. Oh, you know. So then when I make a decision, I know that that you know people are gonna go against it. Well, Tony, why you you do that? And why you just why you change? Why you? Well, it's from years of seeing this stuff, and I'm seeing it before y'all seen it because I could tell you right now that one of the decisions I made, I can see now that everybody who said that they were against it, 
are now doing something else. Which means I either saw it before they saw it, or they were just lying in the beginning. I don't I don't know what that is, but that comes from experience. That comes from being around stuff and understanding, you know, situations and making the tough decisions. You know, and understanding that that is is going to be is up to me, right? So he says this behavior stems from the belief that their elevated level of awareness makes them responsible for watching out for others who are less aware. It's the parent taking the responsibility for the child's behavior. While average performers are too busy protecting their egos, the world class operates from spirit-based consciousness. This gives them the power to change their minds and belief if a more accurate truth is realized. Dang. See, see when you when you got experience, you see stuff, and you see more accurate truth is realized. You got to be the one to get your head chopped out. Was it, was it song? All, all kings get their head cut off or something like that, chopped off or something. Um, but you have to be the one to take that because, okay, because an accurate truth is realized. A leader has the power to change their minds and beliefs if a more accurate truth is realized without their ego getting in the way. The great ones have evolved enough to recognize the damage their ego can inflict in any given situation. While most champions possess a healthy ego, they use it to fuel their ambitions, not govern their behavior. In other words, when it comes to interacting with people and problem solving, they bypass their egos and tap their spirits, which means you tap your gut. You tap how you feel around this person. You tap how you feel when information is put out. That's your spirit. You know, it's like that's your experience. That's your life. That's that. That's that second eye and third eye. That's that's God talking to you. You know, what I'm saying that's that's what that is. And you you tap into it and you say, okay, now this might not be um, popular, but this is you know how I feel. And that's why I say you got to trust some people. You know, if you don't, if you go through, you know, hey, you got to. So he says when champions are wrong, they repent. They take responsibility and apologize. This spirit-based consciousness creates an emotional connection with people and fosters more harmonious relationships. More harmonious relationships. Somebody still hasn't given me the name of that guy. <laughs> who uh, was on before Mary J. Blige? <laughs> Tammy, I know you on the call. You were there. You need to text me. What was that guy, man? He came out there, boy. And he had one hit song now. He did. You know, and he played that later on. But before that, uh, you know, people really didn't know. But he was giving it all he had. And all of a sudden, you could tell that he was like, okay, this dude, the man here is like, so I don't know if he had, he, I think he had another hit song since then, but this one was, uh, doom, 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 doom. Dang, what was the name of that guy? Um, wow. I can't think of his name right now, but what, <laughs> but, uh, let's talk about, uh, action step for the day. Think of an event circumstance or behavior for which you were responsible yet choose not to admit fault and repent 
All right, so you don't want to you don't want to admit it. Uh, yeah, well, Don Cheatham was the guy that I was talking about in Brooklyn's Finest. So thank you for that answer, Don Cheatham. It was Don Cheatham and Wesley Snipes. Um, but I'm trying I'm trying to think of the the musician that came on before Mary J. Um, well, I can't think of it. All right, so here's the action step for the day. Think of an event, a circumstance, or behavior for which you were responsible. It was your fault. You did it, yet choose not to admit fault and repent. Okay, as an experiment, go to the other people involved and apologize and see what happens. Notice how their attitude shifts from ego to spirit. <laughs> you know what? There's two people I know in my life that I can't do that with. <laughs> Cause they gonna hold on to you. You can you can go. Well, that ain't the right apology. Ah, oh, this ain't the channel. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like you just don't <laughs> on those two. But everybody else, I can go back to and say, hey, man, you know, my fault. I apologize. <laughs> but these two, oh yes, yes. <laughs> See what happens. Notice how their attitude shifts from ego to spirit, and the level of connection you create as a result. Is this spirit coming from inside the person or from the outside by the way of a higher power? Wherever you believe this spirit originates, the power of repentance cannot be overstated. Cannot be overstated. Now, here's a, a quote. It is important to admit your mistakes and do so before you, before you are charged with them. I seize the earliest opportunity to assume the blame. So do it as quickly as you can. All right? All right, folks, that's it today. That's all she wrote. Did the pen and the pen and the pencil broke, I guess. That's it. Y'all have a fantastic day. Uh, still trying to get that answer before we close out here. Um, somebody come out. Come Somebody come with it. Somebody come with it. Come on. What's the guy's name? driving me crazy. I'm going to see if I can Google it. <laughs> that was five years ago, so I'm sure he's not on tour with uh, Mary J. now. <laughs> but let me see. You know, this kind of drives me crazy here. Uh, uh, let's see. I don't know where I'm going to figure that out. All right. Um, Okay. Let's see. All right, so you know we're going to be on the day at 11, so if anybody, you know, doing that, you know, get on that with us. Let's make it happen. All right? You know I'm still looking while I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, there it is right there. That's that's crazy. I just, I was just clicking through my, uh, I was clicking through my, um, um, Log in on Instagram, not Instagram, on free on free conference call. Just clicking through here as I'm ending the call, get ready to mute it out, and I see the song. And here's the song right here. It's an instrumental though; it's not the actual song. But y'all tell me who this is. I'm gonna go and play it. This this is the song. This was his hit at that time, and he, I think he got one more hit since then. But uh, this is the guy that was on stage, and a lot of people didn't know him until I guess that one song came on, and then you know he kind of. But he had the crowd. He was go, he was getting into it though. He had he had the uh, 
You had the energy, you know, before Mary J came out. This is wild. This is called, what's the word I use all the time, uh, serendipity? So I'm thinking about it, trying to figure it out, and now I'm going through here, and bam, here it is. So somebody text me the name of this guy here.